You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, take up Tony Fire, I mean dire. Because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody uh we are back or you've got me on the screen here at the moment matt will be jumping on in just a minute Obviously, uh, we did not have a show last Thursday with everything going on with myself so I wanted to address you guys in person if possible, really quick, and, and I appreciate you guys taking a couple minutes to, to listen to this as well. I know I posted a statement, but I wanted to apologize to everybody once again uh, for my actions last week. It was an egregious mistake on my part, and I'm not proud of it. I've uh, been quite in, embarrassed and, and upset with myself over the past couple of days for allowing that to happen. I can't apologize enough, but I did want to apologize one more time on video just to say that I'm truly sorry to Kyle dynasty nerds and of course the fantasy community for the mistake that i made i'm I'm trying to learn from it and be better it is not at all um something i expect people to believe me in my apology when i said it was unintentional i don't uh, deserve the benefit of the doubt for a lot of you people and and for a lot of people who who doubt me i i'm not going to try and sway anybody any one way or another just know that i i am truly sorry I expect myself and and will hold myself to a higher standard for those of you who know me know this is not the way 
that I conduct myself. And so I will be better from this. And I just appreciate anybody who still is, has had my back or has supported me through this and will continue to do so. I hope we don't lose anybody on this, uh, this show fan wise for, for what I did. Cause we've got a great group with us and, and I think we do a really good show. And then I hope that you guys will be willing to, if not forgive me for my mistake, at least understand it and, Move forward with us, but if not, I just wanted to say I appreciate you for everything you guys have done for this show up until this point, and and for those of you who stay stick with us, thank you very much. It means uh, a lot to me, and again, I want to apologize to everybody for for letting you down in, in what I did. So with that being said, Matt is here with us, so I'd like to get him on here so we can talk some actual fantasy football and and hopefully kind of start to, to move forward. We've got a lot of fun stuff that we missed out on last week, uh, fairly interesting news that happened this weekend as well. Uh, so we've got all kinds of stuff to get into. We've got the Super Bowl on Thursday where we will definitely have Dennis back with us as well to preview that. So, Matt, before we jump into talking about actual fantasy football stuff, how was your weekend and how are you doing on this beautiful Monday? Not going to lie. It was, uh, you know, when you get to the end of the regular season, uh, you're ready for a little bit of a break, you know, from especially when you're in as many leagues as us from fantasy. But then you hit that cold reality of the week between the championship games and the Super Bowl, and it's like, oh, my God, I have to do chores. But yeah. I was impressed that with all you had going on, you still managed to know that we needed football news and you traded Jared Goff. You know, I pushed very hard for Sean. I was trying to, you know, I was like, dude, we need some stuff out there right now, buddy. Help me out. Do what you can. And I think that's why he overpaid a little bit. And I am very thankful for him. Sent a lot of love his way uh, this weekend when all that went down. So uh, we were going to talk about the quarterback position today. I forgot to mention that at the beginning. We're going to go over kind of what Dennis, Matt, and myself got right, what we got wrong in our rankings. I did want to say right off the top, just know that when we did these rankings, it was July or June 22nd of, of last year. So it was way before the season. So you'll see there's some pretty big errors on there. But we, we tend to do a lot of our rankings fairly early on because for those of you who know the show, know we go over every single team, all the transactions, everything that happens. So some of our calls here are is us projecting all the way back out from June. But we're going to go over – all the stuff that we got right and wrong there. We're going to kick it off with the NFL news. Obviously, some big stuff with the quarterbacks there, and we figured we'd dive right in and talk about that. So, Matt, you just mentioned the big news, the big trade. Matt Stafford traded to the Rams for Jared Goff and a third-round pick and two future first. I guess I want to start with the Rams side because it's a little bit easier. And we'll save some of the fantasy talker or what we expect moving forward for later when we obviously talk about Stafford, but just kind of your overall thoughts on the trade for the Rams. So if we're talking about the player, you know, I, I was looking into this um, because I, I wrote a little piece that hopefully will come up later this week on our site. You know, I think I like Stafford as a top 12 quarterback. You know, I liked him as we're going to see when we look at the rankings coming into this year when I, when I still had hopes for the Detroit Lions, but I think he's a good player with, you know, a good core in cup and woods. You have Bryson Hopkins and, and Higby under contract. You have acres and Henderson under contract. They have a good core. If they can get some steady play from the line, the defense doesn't fall off much. You know, they made this move because they want to win. They want to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. The 
bigger question is, can they keep that all together? Because moving Goff was a, I think probably the right move, getting out from under that contract, the right move, gives them a $22.2 million cap hit in 2021 that has them currently projected at $35 million over the cap, which means that they have probably some more painful decisions to make. So that's the, you know, immediately I would say, hey, good news for Cup, good news for Woods, good news for Akers, good news probably for Higby. Are all those guys still there? Yeah, that, that's going to be the fun thing to see what they do. I mean, they've very much been playing, I don't even know what the, the word is with that, very close to the cap edge there for a while now. And we've seen, I think, so the last first-round pick they made, I believe, was Jared Goff, correct? Jared Goff, in 2016. And so and they the won't next have one they have is until 2024. So, I mean, they've been getting rid of first-round picks like it's uh, – like it's bad business. And and I actually kind of like what they've been doing with that. I saw um, an NFL GM said, and I can't remember who, who posted it out, that they actually think that what the Rams have been doing with that is smart because if you go back and look through the history of the NFL, how many, how many teams have actually hit on their first-round picks? Because not every first-round pick is a hit. Now, we've seen it maybe more so some of the past couple of years. But not every first-round pick is a hit. And so they're going and getting those those players that we already know are going to be good in the NFL. I think my biggest fear, obviously, with Stafford has been the injuries the past couple of years. And can he hold up? But they definitely have a Super Bowl team around him. Uh, and so I do think it's a good move for that part of it. I mean, you're looking at – and we'll jump right into the Lions side well, here really quick. Like, we'll go I will say Stafford, you know, I know injury questions have often been associated with him. His first two seasons he struggled, but – He's played 12 NFL seasons, nine of the last 10 years, including 2020. He has started all 16 games. Right. Yeah, but I mean, he's been beat up in all of them, which is kind of like the you don't know how much that is or isn't affecting his performance. Because some of those games where he played hurt, he was really good, and then some of those he weren't. Now, how many of those, like this year, was you didn't have Kenny Galladay out there? You know, Marvin Sometimes didn't Jones. have Jones either. So you exactly. Know, you so you, yeah, you don't know how much of that is based on the weapons he has around him and how much that is him being beat up. But the obviously the the talk around this as well was what the what the Lions got from the Rams and and the different now deals that have been talked out about there with the, the Panthers coming to him, Washington coming to him. Uh, I want to say there was another team that was rumored to have given them an offer. You kind Ooh, of have oh. to wonder. The 49ers yep. were hotly rumored in here, and you have to wonder if not only did the Rams see this as improving themselves and making a move, but if I'm Sean McVay, I'm blocking the division rival yeah. from doing the same thing. Well, what the interesting thing is, is that all those apparently offered first-round picks this year, and what worries me about the Rams or the, the Lions getting the Rams picks is assuming that the Rams are going to be as good as they expect themselves to be with Matt Stafford. You're looking at like a back end first round pick now for both of those first, where you had a chance to get, I believe it was what their back to back picks with the Panthers. If they go the Panthers route, Washington had a pretty high pick, but the 49ers had a low pick this year as well. So you had a chance to really get yourself two high end guys in this year's draft if you went this way. But what do you th- what are your thoughts on the haul that the Lions got? Obviously, they get golf and all those picks. I'm kind of with you. I'm not as impressed uh, with it being a huge haul because I know you've talked about the 2022 draft class is not projecting as good as 2021. Detroit has a lot of 
holes to fill, and moving Stafford accelerated $19 million of dead cap onto their salary cap, which now puts them $10 million over the cap, but they don't have all these bright and shining stars, so they have a lot of work to do, and and they have this. I know it's like a long-term rebuild, but on paper, when you hear two firsts and a third and Goff for Stafford, it's like, whoa. But yeah. it's going to be a couple of years, like you said, late first. How long is Detroit basically at the bottom of their division again? You know, and we're talking about, we've talked about it before. When they moved on from Caldwell to Patricia, it was because, hey, we're tired of just making the playoffs. We yeah. need to go. Or now it's like, how long is it going to be until we think we can be a winning team? And we've seen teams flipping around in a hurry, but I, you know, if you look at their roster right now, they have TJ Hawkinson, who I think is a great tight end, but you have him on a rookie deal for two more years. They have Swift, who we think is pretty great, and Carry On, who's going into the last year, I believe, of his rookie deal. Swift should have three more years three more, on a yeah. rookie deal. But then at wide receiver, Quintez Sifa is probably the most experienced guy, going to be a second-year player. You have a couple more years on a rookie deal, but what – you know, what are you doing? A lot of people I've seen have projected, well, now Detroit probably go draft a wide receiver in the first round, maybe. But their defense wasn't very good either. So you're talking about a team with a lot of polls and a lot of questions and now a lot of money invested in golf, at least this year, unless the plan is then to just kind of write this off and and, and go over and they're going to have to shed some things even to get down under the cap. And that's provided that the cap stays relatively flat and doesn't drop a lot. You know, we, because of the crazy year, we don't know exactly how the cap is going to adjust. So it could be a worse situation to me. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that they had some 2021 options. Uh, I'm very curious as to what really sold them on this. Unless so they're just I. saying, you know, we don't plan to be good for a couple of years, so we want to make two first-round picks a year. I mean, the only that's the only thing I can think of is maybe none of these other deals included two first-round picks. Like, we know that from what I saw, I know for sure Carolina's in Washington said that they had their first-round picks this year. But I don't remember seeing anything else about what other picks or anything else included. So maybe it was all about they wanted two first-round picks and they were only going to get one of those other deals. I, I mean, the good thing I think with Goff is I believe they can cut him. What is it before the or before the twenty twenty-two season? So before next season, without I think it's like a five million dollar cap hit. If I'm remembering correctly, so yeah, I'm gonna look at because a lot of this, a lot of what would have been dead cap for him with the Rams would have been the signing bonus, yeah. which, which comes off. So yeah. it says 2022 would be 15 and a half million of dead cap. Potential out is 2023 where they could cut him for free. For free, that's what it is. Okay, so. When you look at it that way, it's maybe not as bad if you're saying, okay, we know we're going to be in possibly like a two-year rebuild because now you've got Goff for two years, he's on your contract, and then maybe you draft a quarterback next year's draft. There's still a lot of really good quarterbacks in there. There's a chance to have a couple really good quarterbacks in that 2023 class that we're already talking about on the Debbie and college side. 
So maybe their plan is, hey, let's start building up the pieces around our quarterback and then get our good young quarterback next year or the year after. We can let Goff go. Maybe we start having the team built up around him. It's definitely going to be, and maybe that's, again, you're, that's when all of a sudden now you're getting those two picks to kind of go in those years, two and two. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what they do. I, I was one of the, I felt like the few people, I saw a lot of people on Twitter uh, who were saying that they thought the the Lions killed this deal and getting golf and, and, and I've kind of been on the other side of the well, time, So See, I think that's, you know, on a Saturday night when you're, when you're a little uh, tired and yeah. you know, you see this come out of nowhere and you're like, Holy cow, two firsts, a third and Goff for Stafford. That is a killing. But when you start to think about it and you start to look at the rosters, that's where I sort of, at first I was like, that's quite a haul. And now it's like, mm, it's okay. Yeah. All right. So we're going to save more of the golf talk for when we talk about the, the quarterbacks and what that means for fantasy. And as stop cap and asked here, where you, where do you want Watson to go? And that's what we will talk about now. So David Coley was hi- hired his head coach uh, this week. I'm sorry. David Coley was hired as yeah. the head coach for Houston. Uh, Nick Casario did come out in a press conference and say the team isn't interested in trading Deshaun Watson. Of course, a lot of people said that that's him speaking as if you want Deshaun Watson, you're going to have to back up the Brinks truck. But then Casario kind of you know, said it again, we are not interested in trading Deshaun Watson. Watson has some power here, but not a lot. There were reports came out earlier today that he said he was going to sit training camp, and those were kind of debunked as well. Uh, I believe his agent actually came out and retweeted that, quote tweeted it, I'm sorry, saying that he had talked to himself and said that those, those rumors were not true, including a lot of other ones that were attributed to Watson over the past weekend. This has been a very messy situation. What, are you, what do you make of it at the moment? I mean, it's interesting. It would make sense that Watson wants to go. Some, you know, some of his public declarations. I, I think he's pretty well done with the Texans. I think he sees the writing on the wall. We all thought they weren't a good situation in terms of cap or assets or anything. Whoever came in, it was going to be a tough turnaround. It seemed like we're at the point where it didn't matter who the coach was. You know, I know David Culley said that he took the job knowing Watson was his coach, was his quarterback, and Casario says he doesn't want to trade him. What they want and what is going to happen might be different. Personally, I don't think Watson is back in as a Texan. I don't know where I expect him to go, though. Uh, you know, supposedly he's preferred. New York and the Jets, and I, I like Robert Saul. I think you do too. That could be a potentially yeah. interesting situation. They cannot, you know, I was the one at the end of the season that floated that I thought Houston, one of their best paths to maybe getting yeah. out from under is that they'd have to move Watson. I know you. Yeah, you I was against out, Well, you pointed yeah. out correctly that Watson is the kind of franchise quarterback every franchise wants to get. I don't really understand the the talk about Jacksonville trading the number one overall pick. I don't know that that makes yeah. – I, I mean, I get the argument. I don't know it makes sense to the Jets. However, you know, that could make make some more sense. Um, I, I think they're going to end up getting pushed into it. I, we've just seen this happen with Houston. I, I honestly think that there's a good chance Watt is gone too because I don't think he's – 
you know, he's a, especially at the twilight of his career. They just can't get a huge return from him. But, you know, I think he deserves a chance to play for somebody who's going in the right direction. I don't know how you feel, but I suspect Houston's going to be at the bottom of their division for a while. Yeah. What, uh, well, on the Watt thing, interestingly enough, uh, because I'm a Browns fan, I, I, I follow a lot of the beat writers and, and I follow other people that know what they're talking about because there's other people that have connections and I talk to certain people. And there was a lot of talk at the trade deadline that the Browns were trying to make a move for J.J. Watt, and then that has popped back up ever since the Watts and stuff. I wouldn't hate it as a Browns fan, if I'm being honest, having him – him and Miles Garrett, both are on that defensive line, kind of rushing up the pass. So I think that's the biggest yeah. thing they need. But I'm with you on the Watt thing. I think if if they do decide to move Watson, Watt would be next. Uh, and and I'd hate to see him go because of everything he's done in Houston and the good that he's done there. But at the same time, I do think that he has been such a great player, such such an outstanding guy that he deserves to play on a team to, to get a chance at least to get back into the playoffs and play on a Super Bowl because I don't think they're – like you just said, we talked about this before, even when we didn't think they were going to trade these two guys, that they're at least probably three to four years away from a, from a real back to the top of their division team. Uh, and how do you think uh, Brandon Cooks is feeling right now because he came out oh, real no. strong with wanting a no-trade clause or saying he wouldn't take a trade? Or moving if he's like uh, – yeah, about that. Yeah, I know. Stop capping. If 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 you could get Watt and Miles Garrett on that defensive line, it would be it'd be ridiculous. Yeah. So on to Watson though. I am with you. It does it does seem like they have to move him at this point. I don't see how he has kind of put out his own statement in saying that he did not getting uh Coley was not going to change his mind one way or the other. And so if you've got a player who's that disgruntled, I don't see what keeping him is going to do for you. I know that it's going to piss off your fans. I mean, we saw all this stuff beforehand. I know it was either last Tuesday or Wednesday. You had the fans that were going to go protest in the streets about Watson leaving and all this stuff. I mean, he, he is just like what he is a key part of that franchise and that that city, he's a guy that you don't want to trade. As you pointed out, that's something I brought up. He's a guy you hope you land in the draft. But at this point, it's I don't think it's going to work out between them. So I do think that they move him. I, I do think that the best two spots are probably the Jets and the Dolphins, just based on them getting picks and then possibly you would more. I would assume if the Jets or Dolphins do it, they'll they'll move that one their quarterback, whether it's Darnold or, or Tua. So then that helps you get that youngish piece back that you can kind of help yourself build around as well. At least give yourself a couple years to see if maybe that's a guy you can work with, and then if not, draft another quarterback in the future. Another interesting one could potentially be San Francisco um, because supposedly what the Texans have been interested in is getting some young defensive players. Um, which would make which would make sense, and San Francisco is not as flush as they once were, but they do have a lot of defensive talent, and they have a sneaky high pick um, this year, considering the talent and where they are. I, if I'm them, I'm not taking Jimmy G back, but you know, could be an interesting, you know, because we know that that's another team where if they had a better option at that one position, might make a lot of difference. Yeah. So I don't know if I – I honestly think you likely see a better chance of Watson moving the closer we get to the draft. 
once yeah. I think teams have gotten a chance to do this stuff, because like I really do think that they're going to want to get some kind of draft pick plus young players back, as as you just mentioned. So I, I think it, you're likely looking at a better chance of him moving closer to the draft. And we saw the report Stafford likely get moved before the Super Bowl. I don't think we're going to see Watson go anytime soon. I think you're going to see teams kind of make their cuts, yeah. get into free agents. Or free agency comes after the draft in the NFL, right? No, it, uh, no, it starts in March. Right. Starts before the draft. They're the one you know that does it right. Go ahead. What's a super bummer though is the Colts, who we thought had a good chance of getting Stafford. I think they have yeah. zero chance of getting Watson because I just can't see the Texans moving that player yeah. inside the division. You don't trade a guy and see him twice a year. Yeah, yeah. There's no way. No, but there's still a lot of quarterbacks, and we're we're about to get to those guys as well that yeah. could be on the as well that I think Indy could get. So last uh, last but not least here, let's talk Jason Witten. He officially retires. Uh, he did just earlier today accept a job to take a high school coaching job. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting, I think, for him. He, he definitely – I know a lot of the stuff talked about him when he was there with the Cowboys and even with the Raiders is that he was kind of like a coach on the sideline. So that's got to be really cool. Anything that keeps him out of the broadcast booth. Yeah, exactly. I think after he retired uh, to go to the the broadcasting booth and then was like, you know what, this is really bad. I'm going to go back to playing was kind of the hint that he's probably not going to go back to broadcasting. But uh, is he a Hall of Famer in your opinion? I think he probably will be. I mean, he had some pretty incredible marks and was pretty durable at that position of tight end. Uh, a real fixture with – with Dallas, especially before he retired the first time. I, I think he, he probably will. I feel better about his chances than like a Greg Olson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I would imagine he gets in for, for everything he did. Like I said, I think we talked about Olsen last Monday, and I, I'm hopeful that he gets in mostly because of just how much I think Greg Olson's an amazing person and I felt like was a really good player. But I think if you had and he to- can certainly go to the broadcast booth. Yes, he's going to be very good at that. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the quarterbacks. Again, uh, I prefaced it at the beginning of the show, but I'll say it again. When we when we did these rankings, I believe when I looked at the, the episode here, it was June 22nd, so that was quite a long time ago, way before we even got – obviously, at that point, I believe we weren't even sure if we were going to have a season. So this was us just kind of taking what we knew about the teams and everything going on and kind of projected them moving forward. And so I'm not going to hit us on everything. If we were within like four or five spots, I feel like that's a fairly comfortable margin to give yourself. Now, if someone said, hey, this guy's going to be six and he finished 16, we're going to say that that was a mistake on our end. But if we were within a certain amount of spots, I'm going to say we did a pretty good job because, you know, none of us are going to predict that perfectly. So let's uh, start with obviously the number one quarterback on the year was Josh Allen. Now we did all this through fantasy pros finishes. So if you're wanting to know how we got the finishing here we went through fantasy pros so josh allen finished his qb1 uh me and matt were both close-ish we had him ranked seven and eighth we thought we'd finish uh dennis had him 14 obviously i think the big thing for all of us was we did not expect him to take as big uptick in his accuracy as he did this year. or for them to be quite as high volume of passing offense because in yeah. the past they had been more run focused they had almost no run game and allen it was just like you know let Josh Allen cook back there, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, he, they definitely turned it up. I guess the big question for him now is projecting it forward. 
I don't expect him to be, I think, I hate to say this because I love Josh Allen, but I almost feel like this might be his career year this year and how good he was. And most of that too, I think, goes to what you were just saying in that I do expect them to finally, they're going to figure out a way to get the run game going. I don't think that they want to be as pass happy as they were this year. So if they get the run game going a little bit, I don't want to say that Josh Allen won't play accuracy wise and maybe score touchdowns the way that he did this year. But I think the volume and passing might come back a little bit because I wouldn't even be surprised if they draft another running back this year to try and get that running back situation figured out. Where do you kind of expect him to go here in the 2020 season? Obviously very early on, but where, where do you kind of expect him going forward? I think I'm still going to have him top five. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not dropping out of my top five, but I don't, I would say if you but had to put over under on be somewhere in the, probably the, the three, three to five, five. range. I, okay. I yeah. don't know how you feel, but I'm putting my homes back at one. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I don't, and, I, I wouldn't put him back at one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I put Mahomes at one, you know, I think we, for me, it's going to be a little bit about seeing how the draft and the off season plays out for him, Kyler Murray, um, Herbert, where does Watson end up? Yeah. And then the other one is probably Aaron Rodgers. What happens, which was another of our hugest, yeah. hugest misses. But I think, you know, judging, judging by that, I, I could see him ending up in my top three or I could see him ending up at four or five. Yeah, I don't think there's any way. I, I would imagine, and obviously Dennis isn't with us right now, but I, I would imagine none of us are dropping him out of our top five with what no, we saw. No, Dennis said he's going uh, He's going QB 14 again. Is he? Well, you know, hey, no. bold move, bold move. Maybe, maybe it'll work out for him. All right, so the number two quarterback, I just happened to nail this spot on, which I thought was kind of funny because I was all in on Kyle, Kyler Murray all offseason. He finishes his two. I had him at two. Dennis had him at eight, and Matt, you had him at four. So we all had him in that top ten range. Um, he finished there. You just mentioned it. We want to see – or you want to see what they do in the draft with Arizona. I expect him to be in the top – at least, if not in my top five, right in that area. There's no way I see him dropping down to like the 10 range. I think at worst, maybe six-ish for me right yeah. now. But I think with his running ability uh, and what he does throwing the ball, he's going to be a top five guy. Yeah, that's for me, it's it's the running too um, piece. I, I think he's probably in that top five or, you know, I think of guys that we had had top five that I would more seriously consider moving back, you know, kind of depends on where – Watson ends up if he ends up stuck with the Texans. I, you know, I had him lower this year because I thought they would suck. That's a concern. Probably Russell Wilson. I, I have a lot of questions. You know, when we get down there, that's a guy that had been pretty bankable in the top five that I think goes more in the six to ten range. Yeah. So number three, this was by far one of our biggest misses on the year, and that was Aaron Rodgers and. I think obviously not just us, a lot of people were buying into he had a, a down year in 2019 and the drafting of Jordan Love. Maybe we should have all realized that that was just going to piss what? Aaron Rodgers off. It wasn't just <laughs> drafting Love, though. Matt LaFleur came out and said, we want to be a run first, run right. second, pound it on the ground. We drafted A.J. Dillon. We have Aaron Jones. Everything they said, I don't know if it was like, the greatest rope-a-dope in, in football history. I mean, it felt like Aaron Rodgers is only going to get – I mean, he said we're going to throw it 15, maybe 20 times a game. It Even as great as we think Aaron Rodgers is, 
it's hard to get volume. Nowhere do you think he's going to throw for 48 touchdowns if he's throwing it 15 times a game. Yeah, and I mean, well, what I brought up when I was bringing up Jordan Love is meaning and like that's what spurned him into like, no, you know, hell had no scorn like Aaron Rodgers because he just was pissed off. I felt like the moment they drafted Jordan Love and then he showed us all. So he finishes at number three quarterback. We had him ranked respectfully. Me at 20, Dennis at 14, you at 19. So he was by far, there was two guys in the top 10 here that we were just dead wrong on. And he was one of them. It's passing now, volume, when, though. For yeah. I think a lot of these is us misjudging the robustness of yeah. the passing offense. And sometimes well, this, of, this is also where having no preseason, having no camps to look at, you can't really get a feel for what they look like. I will say the other one, I don't know if you could say passing volume-wise because I was complete opposite of what you and Dennis thought on that player if we're talking – if I'm pretty sure we're talking about the same player. So your guys' projection of him makes sense. I was almost exactly right on what happened with him, and I still ranked him way too low. So but we'll get to him Sorry, in a minute. Yeah. That was that was bad, especially on my part. But Rodgers is going to be interesting moving forward into 21, obviously, because – we saw what he was in 2019. Now we saw what he was this year in 2020. There's still a lot of questions around this Packers team. Do they bring back Aaron Jones? Devontae Adams is still technically a free agent. There's a lot of moves that they have to make. I think just going based on what we saw this year, and I know we're not even fully removed from the 2020 season, I don't see any way I would drop him out of my top 10. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back Aaron Jones. If they, if they don't bring in another guy, maybe he's closer to 12 than he is 10 or even up past 10. It's going to be interesting. Rodgers, I think, is going to be one of the guys that's going to be harder to rank than some of these other guys that, that we missed on in the top 10. Adams is in the last year of his contract. Oh, is, why did I, I really thought he was a free he's agent. A, he's UFA 2022. Gotcha. Okay. Next up, who finished Fourth, let's see here. Patrick Mahomes. So we all missed on him. Uh, I, me, was it me and Dennis had me and Dennis both had him one. Matt had him at two. I mean, we missed out by three spots. I'm pretty sure everybody had Patrick Mahomes up at one. So, uh, you know, it, it was a he did not play. What was it? Just the one game, right? Week 17, they sat him. So, um, no, because I think he missed a game. In the oh, that's right. Forgot yeah. about that. So, Wait, did he? Did he I don't think so. I don't remember Chad Henney starting any of the games besides beating the Browns in the fucking playoffs. Um, or maybe he had a game where he got knocked out. Let me see. No, I guess you're right. He started 15. Yeah. Regardless, he's going to be up there. There's really no real talk in, in really moving him anywhere. I mean, I, he's going to be probably one or two for me again so next year. I will say um, I think I took the 17-week average from Fantasy Pros, so I would bet you oh, gotcha. not playing week 17 knocked him a peg or two down. Dropped him. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, number five, Deshaun Watson. So we were all fairly close on him. I had him six. Dennis had him four. You had him at nine. You, we were just talking about it earlier, and you just mentioned it again. Right now, 
there's no way he drops out of my top 10 either, unless probably he stays with Houston because of just how bad that team, like just the, the mess that that is right now. I, I and even then I, I might, I'd keep him in my top 12, but I don't know if I'd keep him top 10 because he's just so special. I, I don't see how he's still, even with no weapons around him, how bad that team is. No idea what well, the is going to be like. I'd keep him up there. I, I'm having him top 10 regardless of if he stays with Houston because I had him at nine because I thought Houston was not going to be great this last year, and he outdid that. You know, if he stays, they still have Cooks. Uh, we don't know what happens with Fuller. Probably can't keep him given their cap situation, but I think Cobb's still there. Um, you know, we saw some other guys step up. David Johnson still there uh, unless they have to cut him. For cap reasons, so, but you know we've seen Watson; he can have middling weapons and and manage to get it done. The question to me is, if he goes in a more appealing place, does he vault back up into that top five? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. If he goes to New York or Miami, I think he moves up into that top five. Maybe more New York because I like the wide receivers they have around him already. But I expect Miami is going to draft one of those wide receivers uh, in the draft this year. There's a a lot of the guys that they have linked to them in the mocks are all really good that I think would be great with with Miami and with Watson. You'd get Preston Williams back. I think Parker's probably still there, though I'm not as big on Parker. You got Mike Gesicki at tight end. So what will they do at running back? I mean, there's a lot of questions around Miami's offense as well. But I think if he goes to either one of those teams, I'm really. I think if Watson goes anywhere, I think he's going to still be a top-ranked guy. He's just – he's so, too good. Devontae Parker signed a four-year deal last year. Okay, yes. His, so uh, his UFA year would be 2024. Gotcha. Okay. Next up, number six, and we were all fairly close on him as well, Russell Wilson. I had him at four, Dennis five, you at six, and you nailed that right on the head with Wilson. Uh, and he is one of the guys that I'd be worried about not dropping out of the top 10, but dropping even from here. They Seattle really kind of faltered down the stretch there, especially on the offense. We saw DK Metcalf made some statements uh, toward the end of the season about how defenses knew what they were doing uh, with. It was just run, run, play action, throw the ball deep, run, run, play action, throw the ball deep. You know, I know that they're bringing in uh, – who's who'd they bring in as offensive coordinator? Was it Bevel? No, it wasn't Bevel. Or was that Linehan? I can't remember who they brought in now off the top of my head. I know they brought in somebody. Well, they, they talked about they want to go back to a run heavy. It uh, looks like probably uh, – wait, no. Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron. Yeah, of the Rams. So – yeah, again, with them wanting to go back to, to being run heavy, I mean, what we still saw Wilson put up top fantasy years, even when they were doing that the past uh, couple of years, really leading into this year. This was the first year they, you know, hashtag let Russ cook, at least for half the season. Uh, so I still think that he'll be a viable fantasy quarterback guy, but I think that does and will limit his upside in 21 if they continue to be run heavy. Yeah, I mean, I probably still have him top 10, but he's – I. I'm a, would take him out of. I guess I had him just outside of top five this year. I might slide him a little further down. It doesn't seem, you know, in a, in the earlier years too. What helped buoy his numbers was he ran a lot. We haven't seen that the last few years. So on pure passing alone, I don't know if you get there. 
All right, so you've got at seven, Ryan Tannehill. He was another guy here in this top 10 that we uh, missed on fairly badly. I had him at 19, Dennis 23, you 24. Uh, I know for me, it was I wasn't sure if I could believe in the year he had prior, if that was really the Ryan Tannehill that we were going to see moving forward because of what we saw in Miami. Uh, clearly, he did it, and I expect him to be somewhere close to that moving forward as well. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Obviously, got a good year from Corey Davis. Um, I don't think Johnny Smith was as consistent as we were hoping to see. A.J. Brown is great. Um, the big question, we, we figured they would be run heavy again with Derrick Henry, and they were. He ran for more than 2,000 yards. But they ended up with the defense having so many struggles that they had to put up a lot of points. They had to throw the ball a lot. Tannehill also ran quite a bit. I, you know, I, I probably give depending on how their their off season goes, we'll put him more in the ten to fifteen range. You know, probably just outside the top ten. Um, but I think he has potential. They had a pretty good uh, offensive run there. And then while we wait for Matt to come back, it looks like our, the number eight quarterback was Tom Brady. So I think um, all of us relatively close there. Matt had him 13. I had, Dennis had him nine. I had him 12. I would imagine if Brady actually looks like he'll probably be back, yeah. I'm going to keep him in the top 12 again um, with that team and that offense. Yeah, uh, with the way he's proved me wrong all year, I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done fighting. I'm done After fighting. he wins the Super Bowl on Sunday, despite <sighs> the fact that none of us pick him. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm done fighting it. He's staying up there. Uh, so next up, this is the guy that I was talking about missing on big time, even though I almost pretty much got right what happened here. Uh, and that was Justin Herbert. So he comes in at nine. I had him at 27. Dennis did not rank him, and you had him at 31. And so obviously for those of you who missed this episode, the big conversation between all of us was you and Dennis did not believe he would start that early on because you felt Tyrod was going to be sufficient enough to get through at least half the season. I think their bye week was right around week eight or nine. And that's when you guys thought, okay, that's when they'll kind of implement him. And I even said on the pies, like, no way he's going to go in by week three or four. I don't Tyrod's going to lose. They're just going to throw Herbert out there. He got out there by week two. And yet I still, even though I loved Herbert, Raved about him all year long. Clearly didn't love him enough because I still ranked him at 27. So moving forward, he's obviously going to be a very interesting guy. I'm likely going to have him in probably right around this range. What's going to be interesting to me is if he takes any kind of step back next year. Now that teams have got tape on him, I still think he's talented enough. Obviously going to have a whole new offense, a whole a, a brand new head coach, as well. So there's going to be a lot of changes coming for, for Herbert and this, this Rams or Rams team, I'm sorry, Chargers team. Uh, but I probably won't drop him much, but I will drop him a little bit. What are your thoughts on Herbert and going into the 2021 season? Yeah, I think some of the questions are going to be their offense. It looks like the offensive coordinator that they, um, that they promoted uh, was with the team last year. So that might be a little bit of continuity, which will help. Um, they have, oh, wait, no, no, because he left. So their offensive coordinator from last year left. 
I don't I don't know if they have hired anyone. I'm not seeing. Yeah, it looks like they it's, they're just talking about potential. So that that'll probably be a little bit of a question. They hired a defensive brought, um, Yeah, Joe Lombardi from the Saints. That's right. I was trying to remember. I know yeah, I saw. I somebody they there. hired somebody, but when I went to yeah, search for he, it, it, didn't give he, it to me. Uh, I remember he gave the interview. It happened like a couple days ago. He gave the interview talking about how he views Austin Eckler as like their Alvin Kamara in that offense. So that should make Eckler fans very happy with uh, yeah. with that kind of comment. Well, if he can. If he can stay healthy and on the field, I mean, I think that was part of the struggle in 2020. We know Keenan Allen probably still there, Hunter Henry and Mike Williams questions, you know, so what other, the nice thing we saw with Herbert is it didn't really matter who they gave him a little bit like Watson. They had a rotating door and he managed to, to use everyone. Um, so offensive philosophy. The other thing that may limit like fantasy upside is, the great thing for Herbert this year was the defense allowed a lot of points and they were in a track meet every game, you know, getting Brandon Staley, if they play better defense and they have closer scores and they run the ball more, that could hurt fantasy. But I think you're putting them in your top 10. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm excited for him. I love the kid. I'm, I'm happy that he had a really good season. I am excited to see what they do moving forward. Uh, number 10 was Lamar Jackson. So I had him at five. Uh, Dennis had him at two and you had him at one. Uh, you know, I talked about him having a down year when we did this show. Uh, didn't I honestly did not expect it to be this bad. Now, he did really turn it on in the second half. He looked a lot better. We've seen a lot of talk about um, not just from Lamar John Harbaugh, but their general manager as well, that they need to get him a true like alpha wide receiver. If they do that, which you would think they're probably going to make a priority in the draft or free agency with what they've been saying here, where do you expect Lamar to go through? Because I don't expect him to be down here at 10. I will have him higher than that. I'll probably, if I'm being honest, have him right around that five range again, because I do like Lamar a lot, but as I said on the show earlier this year, and I'll continue to say it until I'm able to see it on the field, I'm still a little hesitant about his passing upside. I'll probably have him, you know, where he falls in the range of 5 to 12 is going to depend on what they do in the offseason because what they have now isn't enough to sustain a pass offense, and what are they going to do with their – Rush offense. We both like Dobbins. We like him. There's still some questions. I think we saw that's that's not enough. Defenses have adjusted. You know, obviously they're keeping Boyle um, with an extension. They still have Andrews. Hollywood Brown is not a player without talent or without merit, but I think we discussed they need some kind of possession receiver to maximize what he offers with taking the top off the defense. At 11, we had Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's another guy that we were completely wrong on here. I had him at 22, Dennis 21, and you had him at 21 as well. I mean, I honestly thought losing Diggs was going to hurt him some. I thought they were going to go more to what we saw last year and being that kind of very run-heavy offense with Dalvin Cook, and they did that. But then Cousins still was putting up tons of points, and again, a lot of that came from obviously having Justin Jefferson have just one of the best rookie seasons you could have as a wide receiver. But also, there's another situation where I probably would have him a middle to low end QB two again because 
I think he got a lot of that because Minnesota's defense was so horrific that they were forced to just air it out every game. I don't think that's what Mike Zimmer wants to do, and I don't think that's why they gave Dalvin Cook that contract. Yeah, oh yeah, I really don't think that's what they want to do, and it'll be, I guess, interesting to see what they do moving moving forward with them. Sorry, I'm trying to pull something up on my my phone really quick for a player we're going to get to here in a minute. So at 12, and yeah, I'm with you. I don't, it's going to be so hard to rank him outside of top 12 because the Duke just always seems to do it and prove us wrong. Even though, even though I love captain clutch there, he, I do expect him to, to drop a little bit. They're probably closer to 15. I think for me next year, Matt Ryan came in at 12. I had him at 11. Uh, Dennis had him at six. You had him at seven. Matt Ryan's one of the more interesting guys here. Obviously, Atlanta, completely new changing coaching staff and everything. I can't imagine that they move on from him. Although, with his contract, he's a guy that maybe Indy takes a chance on. I'd be a little bit hesitant if I'm Indy because we've seen – it doesn't just seem to be Atlanta. It does seem like Matt Ryan's kind of taking a step back the past couple of years, but do they draft a quarterback at four to maybe be the future? What are your thoughts on Matt Ryan in 20, in 2021? I don't think they'll draft a quarterback um, partially because their cap situation isn't that great. And getting out from under Ryan's contract isn't, isn't that great. Um, it's tough to say. I think both of us were a little thrown because Arthur Smith, you would think maybe a run heavy offense is what they're aiming for, but they don't really have the pieces for that. They still have Julio, Calvin Ridley. I am probably taking Matt Ryan out of QB one range. Um, I think they have a lot of problems and, you know, I think what we saw this year, you know, he's right at 12. I would probably feel, you know, 12 to 15 is probably right. Yeah, the whole uh, NFC South is going to be very interesting with uh, some of the moves that are coming at these quarterbacks. So 13, Derek Carr. I had him at 18. Dennis had him at 29. You had him at 27. And he's another guy. Future is not certain. We saw a lot of rumors beginning of last year that Gruden was kind of thinking about moving on from him. Uh, Didn't have, you know, had a good year, but not an inspiring year. The team kind of fell apart toward the second half of the season, though not really on the offense. Derek Carr and that offense played really good. A lot of that was on the defense. I'll be curious to see what the Las Vegas Raiders do. If they can shore up that defense, I still think I see Derek Carr's fantasy value going down some because that's why he was putting up so many points toward the back end of the season. That defense couldn't stop anybody. Kind of what you were talking about with Kirk Cousins. And by the same token, the receivers will get a little bit better. I, there's another team. It feels like they've said their desire is to be kind of run heavy, but they weren't having success, so they had to change it up. Um, Carr is probably a QB2, though, if we're being honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll have him in the QB2 range. Ben Roethlisberger comes in at 14. I had him at 24. Dennis had him at 20. You had him at 13, so almost right on the dot there. Uh, I did not expect them to continue throwing the ball like 8,000 times a game like they were doing. And what the interesting thing is going to be here is Randy Finkter is no longer there. He he is gone, and that was part of the reasoning we were now told is that because he was throwing the ball so much, I do think that they need to add a running back. I don't think they bring Connor. Uh, And Ben did say in an interview, because I was curious about this, and someone, a Steelers fan actually brought this to my attention, showed me the article because I did not believe it when I saw it. 
Ben said that he would love to be back with the team, and if he comes back, he wants them to re-sign Juju, which should be interesting because they've got Claypool, they've got Deontay, and we've seen Pittsburgh does not usually re-sign their wide receivers. If they bring back, and if they don't bring back Juju, I still expect Ben to be somewhere in this area because they definitely seem like they want to go back to being that run-first play defense kind of team. And I think that's the route they're going toward and letting go of Finkter. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably lower and QB too. I got to wait and see. Um, he, he was so hot at the beginning and tailed off so much. I have some yeah. questions. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to put all of that on him, though, either. You know, something we talked about a lot, obviously, during the year because we were doing multiple shows a week was they were probably the one team that got screwed in a way by COVID more than anybody else with the way the schedule kind of – and how much does that affect a guy who is older and was coming off Tommy John surgery, which, again, me being a biggest baseball fan as I am, knows that that's not an easy surgery for baseball guys to come back from doing that. And, and in all honesty – Big Ben was doing pretty much what baseball guys were doing. These baseball pitchers were put on are put on pitch counts. They pitch once a week for the most part, and they're only allowed to throw a certain amount of times in games because of them coming off this injury. And the Steelers didn't put any kind of pitch count in for Ben Roethlisberger. Like I just said, they were literally go out there and throw throw for over five hundred times again this season. Yeah, you see pitchers coming off Tommy John surgery. I'm I'm telling you right now, most franchises they cap you at like hundred and seventy pitches. 170 and Ben at 40 something went out there and threw it 500 times. So I don't know how much uh, I'm going to put that on. Ben, but old. I think he's 38. That's for that's 40. We're rounding up baby with the way he gets beat up. He's 40. But with the way he gets beat up, he might be 55. Even better, even better. Yeah, so yeah, I, I'm with you though. I don't know how I, I really want to see what they do this off season, but I would imagine at his peak, he's going to be right here in this range. I'm not dropping him out of QB2 range, but I don't see him moving up toward that QB1 where he's pretty much been his entire career. Uh, Matt Stafford came in at 15. Obviously, we talked about him a lot at the beginning of the podcast. I had him at 12. Dennis, 7. You had him at 5. Now, with him going into a new team, really good weapons, really smart offensive uh, play caller. Although I did see a story today that McVay is thinking about giving up. Oh no, sorry. That was LaFleur. Never mind. I take that back. Matt LaFleur was talking about giving up play calling. Could you see him jumping up into QB one range now being on the Los Angeles Rams? Oh, I'm still going to put him, you know, I'll probably eight to 12 range is what I'm thinking right about now. But yeah, I think he's QB one. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up up there as a QB1. For he was a QB1 well. we for a long time, even with crappy Detroit teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and we all had him as one this year, and he just, you know, again, didn't fall much out of that. And I bet if I went and actually looked at the actual points, he probably missed being a QB1 by a range of like 10 to 12 points because a lot of these quarterbacks finished right around the same ranges. Uh, 16 was Cam Newton, so I ended up hitting this right on the head there. I had him at 16. Dennis had him at 12. You had him at 17. Just, I mean, I don't know what you can say about Cam. Uh, just unfortunately not a good year for him at all. I don't even know how much you can put this on him either. That New England offense was just bad all around. 
I don't think he is a starting quarterback next year. I think at best, if he even wants to be in a league, he likely goes somewhere to be a backup. To answer your, if I agree, Cam Newton's not making my top 32. I don't think he's a starter somewhere. He pretty well flamed out. Stafford had 270.56 points um, at 15. Ryan, 293.44 in 12, so about 24 points. Okay. A little bit more than I and Stafford had one game where he got knocked out, like after throwing two passes. So, had he played the full sixteen, he started all sixteen, but he definitely yeah. didn't finish. And had he had, I mean, Ryan did that with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Stafford did that with the ghost of Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola. Yeah, I think that, that was the Thanksgiving game too, wasn't it? I'm almost positive it was the Thanksgiving game. No, it, was the was penult- it-, it was the penultimate game of the season. He like Because uh, it was in the fantasy playoffs because a whole bunch of people were bummed because it was a question whether he was going to start. And then he went in and made it like one series. Yeah, that's that's always that's always rough. All right, so next up uh, is Baker Mayfield, who came in at seventeen. So I was I was the one who is way off on him here, as many of you know. I was I was touting him as a top twelve quarterback. Uh, he comes in. At, I had him at nine. Dennis had him at fifteen. You had him at fourteen. So you guys were right around the right area with him. Uh, so what I was looking at was trying to see where he finished in the second half of the season. It wasn't much higher than that. I thought it was better, uh, but he came in at QB 15 from the bye week on, um, where I thought he played much better. I will likely still flirt with him as a QB one next year because I can't help myself. But I do think, obviously, seeing the way he progressed in this offense in the second half of the season, I still think they're going to be a run first team, but they're going to use him more in the play action. Like we saw, I still think Odell coming back next year. I don't think he's going to get traded. I think he's going to add another X factor into that offense. So I expect Baker to take a little bit of a step forward. I don't know if he'll make it into my top 12, but I think he will finish in that 13 to 15 area. If I don't put him in my top 12, what are you expecting from Baker in 21? Yeah, I think the same. You know, I had him 14 this year, and I think we had looked at quarterbacks kind of that had played in that Stefanski, you know, for Stefanski. That seemed like about the right range. Yeah, I mean, I, the one year that Kirk Cousins had that great year, he finishes like QB5 or something like that. So that's why I had Baker, because I really thought he was. And then, you know, I probably should have taken into effect the fact that they had no preseason, no real offseason for him to learn that offense. But. I love Baker, and so I let myself get – I got ahead of myself. And, you know, I think it was a year too early, but I think next year he's going to he's gonna have a really good year. Uh, at 18, we were all almost dead on with this one. You were dead on with Jared Goff coming in at 18. I had him at 17. So did Dennis. You had him at 18. Uh, we didn't talk much about him going to Detroit. Goes to Detroit. Again, you just talked about earlier, yeah, the cap is not looking in their favor – Will they be able to sign Kenny Holiday? They lost Marvin Jones. He's probably not coming back. I don't think it's will they be able to sign. I got the feeling Kenny Holiday was like, I'm going at the end of last year. I don't think anything they've done this offseason convinced me otherwise. Goff to me is going to be a low-end QB2. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not dropping him out of QB2 range, but I'm with you. He's going to be low-end because – 
with the way that defense is probably still going to be bad this year, he's still going to throw the ball a lot. He does like to check down, which I think is great if you're a Swift owner. You're you're still pretty excited about having Jared Goff there because he's likely going to get a lot of check downs and they're still going to run the ball at least some. And you're looking at Adrian Peterson's probably gone. Uh, but for Goff, stock is, is not looking great at the moment. At uh, 19, you got Teddy Bridgewater. So I had him at 28. So did Dennis. You had him at 26. Uh, I'm probably going to have him lower than 28. I don't expect him to be the starting quarterback for the Panthers next yeah, year. I I'm know not going to have a top 32 okay, either. Man. Yeah, I know he's got a lot of cap invested in him, but I, I just don't see it. The Panthers have made it pretty clear that they're looking for any other option. Any rumor of a quarterback trade or off-season signing is linked to the Panthers. The Panthers are also linked to drafting somebody. I think we could have a Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert situation at best, and we saw how that worked. Bridgewater was not the answer. I'm pretty sure that's the reason they changed general managers. Yeah. All right, so at 20 was Phillip Rivers. I was the one that was way off on him. I had him at 30. Dennis had him at 19. You had him at 20, so you nailed that one right on the head again. I, uh, I that, predict he will not be in the top 32 this year. Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and probably not have him ranked either. Uh, obviously, great year for Rivers. I'm not going to lie. I was sad to see him go. I was very surprised with the year he had. I was not a – obviously, none of us, <laughs> except for Tony – Thought he was going to be good this year, uh, and and he proved us. Forty-one, well. I mean, sixty-nine, twenty-four TDs, only eleven INTs. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at some of those career numbers. I I, uh, I did another piece about him and Breeze because I I'm fairly convinced this was it for Breeze too. And those guys obviously linked together were on the Chargers together coming in. You know, we all know about Breeze's all-time stats, but Rivers, fifth all-time in passing yardage, fifth all-time in passing touchdown, 12th all-time in in quarterback rating. It's just whether, you know, I thought Dennis asked a fair question a couple weeks ago. Was there ever a time you thought he was the best at the position? He may just be that unfortunate guy that was a stats monster that was incredibly durable. He's played all, and started all 16 games for the last – I think it was 15 years. Yeah. Incredible stats monster, just no postseason success and not very much regular season success, honestly, for the Chargers. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, uh, I'll just say the the one thing on that. The the one reason I think I could see him getting in – is because what he did was not really in the air it out era that we're in now. He he's really kind of come into the end of his career is when he's got into this the passing game that the NFL has become. A lot of the numbers he was still putting up was back when it was still very run heavy NFL and and he was still putting up those numbers. So I'm curious. I still think he's going to get in, or I hope he gets in because I I think he deserves to. I understand he's never probably been looked at as the best quarterback at any point in time in his career. But I just feel like you can't put up those kind of numbers and just be considered. Okay. I just, he's, it's not like he played. I mean, Tom Brady, 20 something plus. How many years has he played now at this point? Rivers. Rivers played 17 total. So it's closer to 20 than I thought, but still, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he might not get in. I know a lot of people don't think he'll get in it. He's going to be one of the more curious ones. Cause I honestly think all three of those guys of that class, him, Eli and Ben all eventually get in. Now, I don't think rivers will ever be a first round 
I don't think he'll be a first. I don't think Eli will be a first round guy either. Ben maybe because of the stats he put up and the two Super Bowls and the success he's had. Although he hasn't had quite that much success in the playoffs uh, for quite a couple of years now. So at twenty one, the guy you just mentioned that that uh, Rivers will always be linked to. Drew Brees, I had him at 15, both you and Dennis had him at 10, and, you know, he's obviously Injury. not going to be – Yeah, he's not going to be in our 32. The, hasn't confirmed it yet, but likely going to retire. Um, sucks to see him go to. Obviously, we all had him and the Saints making it to the Super Bowl. Just injuries, and, and I mean, really, really got beat up this year, really, I think kind of detailed derailed the end of uh, his season this year. At uh, 22, we have Carson Wentz. He's another one of the guys we missed on big time. Some of this injury, some of this just poor play, bad coaching. Um, it was just everything with the Eagles this year. I had him at 8. Dennis had him at 12. You had him at 11. Obviously, uh, a lot of people are making fun of Nick Siri. Is it Sirianni? I believe is how you say his last name. Uh, for the press conference he gave for the Eagles the other day. I'm not going to jump on that. I'm I'm someone who does not do well sometimes speaking in front of a – it's easy to talk on a podcast because all I see is you, and we're friends. So I feel like we're just having a conversation. But if I saw all the people watching, I might kind of start breaking down like Nick Sirianni did. So I'm not going to – I'm not going to make fun of the man for for his press conference, but we definitely saw the Eagles seem like they wanted to lean more toward how it's all the rumors were when they brought these head coaches in and interviewed them. What are you going to do to fix Carson Wentz? So I don't think this is going to be the Jalen Hurts show, even though some people think Hurts should be the starting quarterback. I do expect Wentz to take a jump up, uh, but probably not much. I think I'm gonna, he's going to be one of those guys where I'm going to need to see it before I believe he's one of those top 12 guys again. Yeah, probably middle tier uh, QB2. I mean, there's still an outside chance that, you know, he ends up splitting with Hurts again. At 23, your guy, Drew Locke. So I had him at 21. Dennis had him at 18. You had him at 15. Obviously, injury came into a little bit here. They had the COVID situation as well where he missed the game. All of Denver's quarterbacks missed the game. Uh, what are you expecting from him? Because obviously, I mean, I know that earlier in the season, Elway came out and kind of said, hey, Locke's back, Fangio's back, all these guys are coming back. But then there was a lot of rumors reporting that they were going heavily in on Stafford. So maybe maybe it was because it's Stafford and you know what you're getting with him, or maybe they're not all in on Locke as we maybe thought they were earlier. I mean, I think they're going to explore options personally. I think what ends up happening – is Drew Locke is back and is the guy that presumptive starter. I think Denver signs a veteran like a Mitch Trubisky or somebody who is competition who could be looking for their own second chance. And it's really going to be a make or break year. I mean, the tough thing is all told, I think Locke's only started 18 games in two years, and they've been kind of broken up. He's had a couple of different offensive schemes. He's never had all of his potential pieces together. Um, you know, even this year, all the work that they did for their offensive line kind of got busted up at times. Um, so I probably will put him middle to low QB2. 
Number 25, Joe Burrow. And now I think it's fair to say that I was probably off on him because of the injury, because he was not trending to be toward QB 25 here. But I had him at 14. Dennis had him at 22. You had him at 23. You know, all signs are pointing toward him being ready by training camps and everything. He's already walking, doing all kinds of stuff. I think with with what he showed, even getting beat up by Cincinnati, and God, please get him some offensive linemen to protect him. I see all these mock drafts of people saying they're going to take a tight end or a wide receiver. Please, for the love of Joe Burrow's health, take an offensive lineman and help that kid. I expect him to be closer to the 15 range than I do down here in the 20s. What what are your thoughts on Burrow? Yeah, that's probably, you know, I want to get a little more off season. I know he's very bullish that he's going to come back and not miss any time. That was a pretty major injury pretty late in the season. If it looks like he's going to start the season on pup, probably outside of QB two range. If it looks like he really is going to make it back, you know, I could see, you know, mid QB two. I mean, he has great upside, but again, how is he recovering? Their offense has some questions too. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, again, I think helping get offensive line will help that offense a lot. I mean, you've got Boyd, Higgins, and then I think getting an offensive line that you know could possibly help Joe Mixon run if Mixon can stay healthy. That offense might be really good, but it all starts with that offensive line, and my God, do they need to improve it. So at uh, 24, we've got Daniel Jones. Uh, I was by far the most wrong on him. I had him at 10. Uh, both you and Dennis had him at 16. You know, I want to believe that he's going to be better, but I think my initial, just my instincts right now tell me I'm probably going to have him right around this range again next year. I just, you see the flashes, but then you just see the really bad games as well. And so I just, I don't know. Probably one of the bigger uh, disappointments last year, uh, subtly, at least for fantasy. Um, You know, just kind of. uh, It's fine. But, you know, probably one of the bigger surprise disappointments I think at least for fantasy because it seemed like he had had a pretty solid rookie year despite some tough circumstances thought he was coming back be curious to see if if getting Saquon coming back there just seems to be a disconnect too between him and Slayton um, which was a little concerning scheme wise you know I think he he is a low in QB2 and you hope for some upside all right, so at 26, we got Gardner Minshew. I had him at 23, Dennis 24, you at 29. So we're all right around in the same range there. We expected him to play out the full season. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. He started playing so poorly. He got benched a couple times. I got the injury as well, which I think maybe led to some of the poor play. Highly doubt he beats out Trevor Lawrence to be the starter for Jacksonville, so he's likely going to be a backup moving forward. Your thoughts on uh, the Gardner? Gardner, professional jorts model. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it works for him, man. Just do what you got to do, man. Secure that bag. You know? If it's being a jorts model, be a jorts model, man. Rock the mullet. At 27, Mitch Trubisky. So I had him at 31. Both you and Dennis did not have him ranked. Um, that was another one of the, I don't want to say like divisive arguments, but you guys were mo- much more on Foles winning the job. We saw Mitch won the job, then lost the job, then got the job back because of Foles' injury and never really gave the job back. Yeah, He's very interesting to me because he obviously played good enough toward the end of the season where a lot of Bears 
a lot of the Bears talk was they were going to bring him back and then played horribly in the playoff game and seemed to like kind of destroy all the goodwill that he just built up. I still will not rule out that he might go back to the Bears. But if he doesn't, I could see him doing something like what you just mentioned and maybe going to like a Denver or something like that where he then competes with uh, with the Drew Locke to try and get maybe a backup job or win the starting job. That being said, I probably won't have him much higher than where he's at now. No, I just think um, that Nagy wants to move on. That playoff game pretty well showed that Nagy doesn't believe in him. Um, so it's hard to imagine them both being back, and it seems like they're committed to their coach for another year. So in that case, I think Mitch ends up going somewhere where it, maybe he's not guaranteed to start, but he has an opportunity, maybe like a Mariota, Jameis Winston situation. All right, so I'm going to pair these next two guys together. So Ryan Fitzpatrick came in at 28. Uh, I had him at 32. Dennis had him at 30. You nailed it right on the head again on this one, getting him at 28. And then Tua, we had uh, he came in here at QB 32. None of us had him ranked. I will say Fitzpatrick would have by far been much better than 28 had he not got benched halfway through the season for no reason because he was not playing like QB 28. I imagine he's not going to be back with Miami. He was actually going to be the guy I would say would be very interesting to possibly go into Denver and push Drew Locke. I think that would be a very interesting signing by them. But I think he kind of falls in that same Mitch Trubisky area where he's going to go to a team and likely be competing for a backup or try and push a a starter in some kind of competition. Yeah, um, that wouldn't be bad. Honestly, if I'm the Dolphins and I don't move to O, which seems like they've flirted around with, I might try to see if I can get him to stay because – there seem to be indications that they they want some kind of insurance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of that I think is does Fitzpatrick. I mean, he may be signed for another year, so it may not matter. But no, I, I he was the two year. This was the second of the two. Okay. I just wonder if he'd want to come back because he he seemed gutted when they when they benched him. I don't I don't know if he wants to yeah. come back and, and and back up to a on Tua's side. I mean, I expect him to be higher than I don't think he's going to be QB thirty two. Obviously, the big thing is going to be all the talk about possibly Miami and Houston making that trade is even on Miami. And I, I will say I'll probably have him as a QB three though. He did not show enough for me this year uh, to be considered even a QB two, even if they improve the weapons around him in that offense. Yeah, you, you have to see who ends up in all these starting positions or how many splits we have, but I was not super impressed. Yeah. Uh, Taysom Hill came in at QB 29. None of us had him ranked. We weren't expecting him to really play much uh, because we weren't expecting Breeze to get hurt. Uh, that being said, we don't have Winston put on here at either, but both of those guys seem to be the incumbents if Drew Brees retires. How do you kind of see Hill being used going into 2021? Winston's a free agent. I don't. I actually don't think they bring him back. Um, you know, I think we saw pretty well the commentary on how Peyton felt about the two when, when Brees went out. Hill is under contract. I think he's there. I think he's a big part of the mix. I think – Given the cap situation, the Saints probably draft someone, um, you know, and and maybe see some kind of a split. But I, I think they're going to give Hill a chance next year. The team did not play too bad. I think he was playing in there. You know, I have 
Taysom Hill as QB QB three. All right. Yeah, I'll be no. I'll be curious. Oh, I'm just kidding. Not a, not QB three. Oh, I thought you meant like as a QB three. That's why oh, I was. Uh... Oh no, I th- I think he can be a QB two because you look. He did put up QB twenty nine numbers with just. I think he started five games. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty decent. I. I'm not going to go so high. I love him a lot, but I'm not going to go so high as to say, Wilson, I have that I think he's a QB1, but I think he could be in the QB2 range. He brings a lot of intangibles, and he's got that rushing, which always helps you with fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see. I, there was a lot of talk that they might still bring back Winston. I don't know. They're they're one of the more intriguing teams for me this offseason because do they stick with Taysom Hill? Do they try? I don't know what quarterback falls to them in the draft. There's a lot of talk that five guys well, will go before they for the Patriots. If the Jets uh, make that Watson deal, I think the guy that we're looking at next could end up getting traded to the same. You know, I could see them going for somebody who's still on a rookie contract and. And seeing yeah, they, what they can do. Be- I just think their cap situation is such that they're going to have to look for an affordable option. Yeah. Uh, and so who you're referencing is obviously Sam Darnold. He came in at QB 30. I had him at 26. Dennis 25. You had him at 22. And and Darnold right now, it's it's hard to figure out where he's going to be. If he stays with the Jets, yeah. you know, I believe in, in Salah and and – if if Mike LaFleur is anything like Matt LaFleur, then I do expect Darnold to take a little bit of a jump. I'll still probably have him in the QB3 range. Uh, but if he ends up going to another team, I mean, I, I don't – I still – I've seen flashes. I think he's got something. He's never really been given a true chance, I think, if it's being, if I'm being fair, saying that him being coached by Adam Gase was not fair to him. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he can do outside of an Adam Gase offense, but I'm not going to be too bullish on him. No, but you did have me at Adam Gase for his yeah 30 plays for Mitch. Uh, Andy Dalton came in at 31. Obviously, none of us had him ranked because we all had Dak Prescott, who came in, still came in a QB 33, which is just ridiculous. Uh, which is, I don't remember when, but I remember it was like at least by week seven, eight, or nine, he still had more passing yards than Baker at that point because all the Cowboys fans kept rubbing that in my face. So, I mean, Dak obviously was having a phenomenal season. We had him all ranked at QB3. I think it's fair to say we would have probably been wrong on that. He would have been QB1 or 2 with the stats he was putting up before he got hurt. And I think it's fair to say even, I think, with them probably not wanting him to run the ball as much with the ankle injury, I expect the Cowboys to sign him back. I expect him to try and start leaning on Zeke again uh, in this, but with the way he was playing and the offense they had and Possibly that the defense doesn't improve much more. I expect them to still be a top three at worst five QB next year. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. And I think the one that's not on here that uh, will be an interesting case is Jimmy G, um, who didn't have a great season and then got injured. A lot of rumors he ends up with the Patriots. Honestly, he's a QB three for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm kind of out on the whole uh, Jimmy G train at the moment. Uh, so that will do it for us today. We will be back on Thursday. Dennis, Matt, and myself to Super Bowl. Super Bowl between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Probably talk, obviously, break down both sides of the ball, do some prop bets, all kinds of other wonderful stuff. And then after that, 
you know, it'll be, that'll be it. You'll see a lot more of these shows. Us recapping positions. We'll start diving obviously deep into just about a month away from free agency. So all kinds of different stuff to go on to. Uh, so thank you guys. Uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in and we will see you guys again on Thursday. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.